You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pullbox Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Findlay, and today with me I have a special guest host, Julie Frost. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we're glad to have you on the show here. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the reason why our regular co-host Mike is not here is because he just had a baby Yes, um, a few days ago, as of this recording, it was a few days ago, a baby girl, I have to remember the name, Kara Ray Cohen. Kara, of course, comes from Supergirl, because <laughs> <laughs> if you have listened to this podcast at all, you know that Mike is a big Superman fan, and then Ray comes from Star Wars, because, That's of course, sweet. Mike is also a huge Star Wars fan, so... Um, and fortunately, his wife also likes those things too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, congratulations to Mike. We're glad uh, we're glad for him. He's going to be taking a couple months off, and so Julie here is going to be with us for three episodes. Thanks. Um, and uh, yeah, we picked a bunch of good books. I think this month we're going to have some great conversations. I hope so. <laughs> um, I enjoyed all of these reads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that. Um, we we go we go way back and uh, for comic books yeah <laughs> yeah um, and uh, I think um, based on the three I I picked my choice mm-hmm. based on something I think that you would enjoy and and I think that uh, you picked your book um, your book that you picked I actually recommended to you <laughs> a few, quite a few months ago yeah it's so, a it's a great read so yeah. and then um, this one the vision um, was our reader poll and uh, yeah I think it fits well with the other stuff that we read too kind of. Different, completely different. But yeah, it, I'm excited about this one because I haven't read Marvel in a long time. Yeah, and you know, I haven't, I don't really read Marvel much anymore either. I, um, you know, I grew up on Marvel comics for sure. And uh, if readers of, I mean, listeners to this podcast will definitely know that uh, I'm outspoken with how much I kind of don't care about the current mm. continuity of Marvel. <laughs> um, it just doesn't, uh, all the changes and everything. It's, you, you reach a certain point and it's like, all the music that people listen to these days is garbage, and all the, the <laughs> cartoons on TV is like th- in, in my day. You sound like Milton. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's the same with Marvel. It's like, oh man, I grew up reading Marvel in the the late '80s and through the '90s, yeah. and then kind of once Brian Michael Bendis took over, I that kind of was the signal of the end to me because he started doing um, continuous. Um, events that mm. that that included the entire Marvel universe. Everything every has to top year. itself, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it was just too much. I couldn't afford to keep up with it. Um, and then you feel like you're missing out when you don't pick up every part. Yeah. And and uh, the status quo kept changing, so I I just I dropped it. So this podcast has forced me to read Marvel comics <laughs> um, here and there, and some of them I've loved, and some of them are not so I haven't loved as much. Um, but then you get a, a gem like Vision, which I completely enjoyed. A little bit of backstory about this book, The Vision. It's the first volume of the all-new all new Marvel Now Vision. I think that's what they call it now. I, I'm <laughs> sure I don't know what they call um, it. 
But it, the, this volume is called A Little Worse Than a Man. And in this volume, the Vision, in his quest to become more human, decides he needs a human family. So he's created himself a Vision wife and a Vision daughter and a Vision son. And they live in a little house in suburbia. And, um, and they try to live um, just a normal human life, even though they are androids. Yeah. <laughs> um, not a new concept, especially if you are familiar with like Star Trek, like no, Data and and Seven, like they um, things like this have always been going on for forever. So, but this one is really nice. It it uh um it wraps this sort of murder mystery um, around their their quest to be more human, um, which was surprising. I didn't know at all where this book was going to head, um, but uh, the one of the Marvel villains, the Grim Reaper, attacks the family and um, puts his scythe through his, through Viv, the daughter. And this is while Vision is away on official Avengers duty. And then um, Vivian, the mom, um, in just doesn't know what to do, but accidentally, I think accidentally, kills Grim Reaper. I'm going to say accidentally. Yeah. And doesn't know how to process that and doesn't want Vision to find out, so she covers it up, buries him in the backyard does some other damage to make it look like she's kind of, she defended himself and then he ran off yeah. and covers the whole thing up. And, um, and through the course of the book, it's her trying to just tie up loose ends that kind of are starting to unravel. Like someone accidentally saw mm-hmm. her accidentally and, and caught her on, <laughs> on camera, recorded her burying the grim reaper in the backyard. And, um, and, and is blackmailing her, I guess. And then you have this whole, other subplot of just them not fitting in because they're androids yeah and um that quest to be normal that they can't they can't do it exactly and the bigotry and racism that kind of follows that um so yeah i uh, i i quite enjoyed the story i really liked that it was a superhero book without really being a superhero book Mm -hmm. it wasn't like vision talks about how many times he saved the planet in this book but this is not about that this is about it on a much smaller scale more about humanity and um dealing with how do you deal with being an outsider yeah i think it's a it's a common trope actually that quest for humanity where mm-hmm. where they're looking to find what is it exactly that makes you human what is it exactly that makes you normal yeah and and normalcy is brought up a lot in this book like and it's it's kind of heartbreaking actually especially when you consider the teenagers and how they they yeah. can't be normal yeah, and especially at that formative age where you're trying to figure out your own identity anyway, mm-hmm. and your identity happens to be so completely different, and it's not of anything that of your choice. It's just the way you are. Um, it's uh, yeah. So the 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 it, it is interesting that the um, the characters they have minds like humans. Yeah. And I don't know how they accomplish that. I mean, I guess well, it's like... there's some allusion to like brainwaves being stolen and they're patterned after somebody's brain. Yeah, so that... <laughs> I can give you a little <laughs> bit of history of that one. Way, way back, I think in the 70s, um, oh, gee. <laughs> there's a character called Wonder Man. Okay. And um, he died. And his brainwaves were grafted into Vision's programming. Right. So that Vision and... Wonder Man kind of essentially became the same person. Okay. And then Scarlet Witch, who had a, um, a a relationship with Wonder Man, started then having a relationship with Vision. And okay. they ended up getting married and had kids of their own. Right. Um, don't know exactly how that works, but it, it <laughs> did. And, um, but, yeah, so one of the questions I had was what happened to Vision and Scarlet Witch's family? Like, how come 
like he's on a quest to become human and one of the like he already had a family why does he need to create a new family so i went to uh, my brother who is a, <laughs> a, an expert on current marvel events and so he told me that um actually a long long time ago like in the 80s or something like that 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 whole scarlet witch's family kind of get got retconned they just didn't they wrote him into a corner so they wanted to free him of that okay. and so the, the kids got killed off jeez um vision's brains got wiped or something like that and they they started over yeah i think scarlet witch died and they came back or something like that as well okay. so, so yeah a bunch of things happened and so this is a different vision than back then but apparently he still has a little bit of the simon williams wonder man character okay. or um brainwaves uh, grafted to him or something like that because okay. he took a part of that and that's how he created his family um so i guess that's why they have human emotions and human reasoning and that kind of thing as well it's also why the Reaper attacked the right. family. Right, he was saying that it's all fake, you're not my family, because I guess they're stolen brainwaves. Yeah, because Simon, them as stolen Wonder brainwaves. Man was his half-brother, was mm-hmm. Grim Reaper's half-brother, so yeah. there's the, the the ties there. Okay. Um, yeah, what, what did you think about, um, let's talk a little bit about the kids. The kids were, um, uh, they were difficult. It was it was hard. They don't speak like normal children. You know, Viv refers to uh, Vin as brother. You know, they they sort of detach themselves when they're talking to one another. Um, But they're going through very real emotional struggles. And and that part, you know, you you sympathize a lot, especially when you see them in the high school and they're being teased and they're being bullied and they don't know how to interact with their peer group. It's Mm -hmm. um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I've been watching Bates Motel. Have you watched that at all? (laughs) It's, It's a fantastic show. I really like it. And in that one, Norman, Norman Bates is a teenager. And he always refers to his mom as mother. Mm. And it's just, it, it, I think adding those kind of things um, just uh, adds a little bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it unnerves people yeah. because people don't talk like that normally. Mm-hmm. So when you f- hear someone referring to someone as mother or mm-hmm. brother um, in a very formal way, um, whereas, you know, a hundred years ago, it wouldn't have been a problem, yeah. but now, yeah, that's, it's an issue. Well, so even vision and his wife, like he refers to her as wife. He, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He rarely calls her, um, Vivian, right? Yeah. Virginia. No, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah. He, he refers to Virginia as wife. He does. He rarely calls her Virginia. I don't actually think he does call her Virginia at any point. Yeah. I don't know if he does. Um, he introduces her as Virginia to people, mm-hmm. um, but then other than that, yeah, it is just wife. Mm-hmm. And the way she interacts with their neighbors too, George and Martha, or when it's just George, oh, George of George and Martha. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked how the the book opened with that couple, um, and how they are uh, they're talking about. If you didn't know what book you were talking, you were picking up, you mm-hmm. would have thought they were just talking about like a black family that lived next door. Yeah, like there's, there's a lot of those illusions to, to that sort of. Or an Iranian family or a Syrian family. Yeah, I guess. Right? If, yeah, yeah, currently, yeah, it would be like that, or mm-hmm. you know, a homosexual family yeah. that lives next door, or something like that. Like mm-hmm. we still, even though the, um, the the segregation issues of the '60s, um, that movement has long come and gone and i mean there's still that yeah. kind of racism but for the most part it's a lot better it's a lot better place but yeah now we're dealing with syrian refugees mm-hmm. and we're still figuring out the whole mm-hmm. homosexual issue and yeah and and that i think is what this book is 
is is doing is it's yeah. an allegory for all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, they're the neighbors. They're you know a white couple being there a long time trying to do the right thing, bring yep. them some cookies. But this family's undeniably weird. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're the others and the things in their house. Even when Vision's taking them on a tour of their house, yeah. like this is stuff no one else would have in their house. Yeah, you know, he's he's clearly beyond comprehension in some ways. Yeah, and um, and same with when a little later in the book. Um, the son, Vin, has an altercation with a kid at school where mm-hmm. he accidentally kind of strangles him and knocks him unconscious. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a, like, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's not a malicious thing. He just wants to stop, wants him to, the, the kid to be quiet. So yeah. he pinches a nervous, like a Vulcan neck pinch. Yeah. And the, the kid goes unconscious. But anyway, people flip out over that, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, And then we get to meet his dad, the kid's dad who happens to be the one who recorded Virginia. Right, and is blackmailing her. And he has the same he has the same apprehensions about this family as the couple, the older couple that we meet at the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. but he has a way different approach to it. Yeah. Um whereas they the the first couple is trying to be more tolerant and understanding and still kind of um, on edge, but yeah. but still willing to give it a try. This other guy's like, no, you need to leave this town. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want you here. So it's neat to see both of those yeah. both of those things at play. He was an interesting character. I've um, the tragedy with him and his son. Um, that yeah. part in the book that really uh, that, that hit me pretty hard. Actually, like it was difficult to see him and uh, when he understood what he had done and turn around with just rage at Virginia. Like it was that was a pretty intense scene in the book. It was really intense, and and we don't have to dance around um, spoilers here. People okay. know that we can sp- <laughs> we'll, we'll spoil the whole thing, but because I think it's p- it's good to know. Like for this conversation, we should say what happened yeah. i think yeah shooting his kid in the head accidentally trying to shoot virginia yeah i'm um, like he and like he didn't know what virginia can do and can't do so right. for her it's instinct she mm-hmm. phased um like her density she decreased her density so that the bullets went right through her mm-hmm. but the son uh ck yeah happened to be standing right behind her and the dad didn't know that and yeah. so he got shot the kid got shot and killed um and uh yeah and then the the dad doesn't die no but he's um he's unconscious i think or yeah. maybe he's i don't think he's brain dead but he's unconscious in the hospital when we see him next yeah virginia knocked him out okay. and so in a future volume that'll be an interesting thing to see what happens cuz yeah. he'll wake up and will he remember what happened mm-hmm. will he go after virginia more heavily and and by the end of the book vision vision finds the body in the backyard the grim reaper body the Grim Reaper body, sorry, yeah. So that, like, she's not hiding that anymore. He's mm-hmm. now part of the conspiracy to try and cover it up. Yeah. Um, Which <laughs> I thought was a really interesting turning point for Vision because my, my understanding of Vision is from the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. And he's, he's supposed to be, like, this really noble character. Yeah. He's supposed to have all these upstanding values and views. And he, he lies for his wife. He lies to the Avengers. Um, you know, he, he kind of goes along with this cover-up because for him like trying to keep a normal family and trying to keep that life that he's so carefully created is more important than dealing with whatever happened in the backyard yeah and there's some nobility to that as well Mm -hmm. a lot of it is you know he wants to give off the uh, uh, the impression that he's got it all together um 
saving faces. There's a lot of that kind of uh, thing going on here. What is really interesting is that when he finds out that there is a dead body in his backyard, he loses it. Yeah. He mm -hmm. actually gets quite angry mm -hmm. and abusive and destroys the inside of their house. Yeah. I don't think he actually hurts Virginia or anything like that, but he... No, I don't think he hurts any of them. I think he just destroys the entire He's just house. really angry. Yeah. Um, which that I wasn't expecting either because, mm -hmm. like you said, he's he's a very yeah. calm, reasonable guy. You'd think that he would find this information, process it logically, mm -hmm. and then go on. But no, um, he had a very human response. And yeah. then you couple that with his superhuman abilities, yeah. and like, it becomes kind of dangerous. Well, I think you kind of see this kind of scattered throughout the book, even when they go to talk to the principal about um, Vin's altercation at school. Yeah. And he's he doesn't see any need to remove Vin from school. He's highly protective of his family and his family being able to integrate themselves normally. Yeah. You know, he won't even hear that, oh, Vin made a person unconscious. That's, <laughs> that's fine. That happens. Kids are kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. And with the, the conversation with the police officer yeah. as well, like both of them, he, um, he approaches it. He tries to use his logic and reason to get himself out of there and, and while ignoring the bigger picture. Um, yeah. And I think those compromises are what we all face as well. It's like you you want to protect your family. Right. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah, that's something that is going to be a big part of this. And so that's why I like this conspiracy because mm -hmm. we're not talking about saving the world from Galactus. Yeah. Um, we're talking about a man who really cares for his family. Something bad is happening to them and he's trying to hold it all together. Mm -hmm. And I find that fascinating. Yeah. It's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, even at the beginning of the book, when it's introducing George and Martha, it talks about how by the end of the story, their house will be burned to the ground. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I actually really want to read volume two once that's ready to go. I'm, Me too. I'm actually very interested in finishing this story mm -hmm. um, to see what happens here. But, it, you know, you, you know it's going to be bad. You know yeah. that this is just winding up towards a really horrible ending. Yeah. Um, so I, I do kind of enjoy that about it, that it's just plodding through this um, awfulness. Um, did you, in in the artwork in the book, because I, I know sometimes you like to pay attention oh, yes, to that. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, with this, I really enjoyed the color palette because I think it kind of adds to that sort of sickness. Um, you know, it helps that the family itself, they're kind of a Pepto-Bismol color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the tones in the book, too, it just seems to have a lot of, like, orange and... There's yeah. a lot of dark scenes and everything kind of feels like it's got a brown filter put on it. It does. Um, so it's it's got like this kind of, um, I don't know, sort of a sick feeling going on. Yeah, and I think it helps that the whole thing takes place in the fall. Mm. So you get that natural autumn color palette yeah. through through the book, uh, coupled with the just the, the pink and the green colors mm -hmm. of vision themselves. You want complementary colors to mm -hmm. the f that family since they're going to be on every page. Right. So you're... Um, it's a, it was a good choice to go with with that. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think they would work as well in like the winter. Um, <laughs> although there are some pretty cold scenes. There's the morgue scene that uses a lot of blues and yeah, um, and that kind of thing. I just find it funny because when you get to pages that actually include the Avengers roster, like they're blue and yellow and yeah. bright bright colors, and it they almost seem cartoony by contrast, like. When yeah. you go through this entire book and the color palette's one way and then you hit a page with the Avengers and it's like, oh, they look, they don't look uh, <laughs> real to me. <laughs> it's true. It's it's very strange. And I think the, um, it, the, the uh, Vision used to be a lot more yellow mm -hmm. and they took that yellow out of his costume. And so it's just basically um, highlights on their clothes and that kind of stuff. But yeah. so they're mostly 
pink and they're mostly green. And so the fact that they're mostly green um, really gives off a, like a uh, we don't know what we're doing kind of feeling because mm. green often is like a novice kind of color or a yeah. color of insecurity. Yeah. So um, by by making their hair all green, it's like they they themselves don't know what they're doing and it really shows in just mm -hmm. kind of the way they look mm -hmm. and the fact that they have hollow eyes and that kind yeah. of thing too. It makes them, it makes it, scenes with their expressions really weird. Um, but I, I like the way that the artist captured um, the way their facial expressions because mm -hmm. they don't have eyebrows and they don't have people so um they really had to push for those facial expressions but he does a really good job yeah they picked a really good artist the artist here yeah i didn't give any say any of the credits here um tom king is the writer uh which i'll, I'll touch on that i want to talk about him a little bit more later okay um, gabriel hernandez walta is the artist with jordi Bellieres colors on colors um but gabriel hernandez walta was a really good choice because his his uh he's got a really good sense of um, solid real life mm. and uh, like his scenery and his backgrounds are all they're they're understated they're they're quite detailed and nice but they fit in the background so that they are exactly background yeah they don't distract they're really really nice and then his characters um, he doesn't he uses very thin lines and his shading is all done through the colors rather than through the inking mm -hmm. so it's um you get a very clean simplistic more simplistic yeah. look well, it feels softer than like traditional comic book yeah. where the inks are so black right everything's mm -hmm. everything's all shaded for you he his artwork reminds me a lot of john romita jr who did spider-man back in the 90s for a while and i can't i think he's on superman now but he's got the same sort of um thin inking style um that uh that that john romita jr does i like um i like that his camera angles are often just plain straightforward shots oh see i thought that was on purpose for i this think it's book on, i think it's on purpose of, too okay all right um, yeah because you're I not going to go for the dynamic angles because it's mm -hmm. not a superhero book right it's a family story yeah so you're not going to have the crazy angles you're going to play it like like a, a drama on tv so mm -hmm. the camera's very static it's yeah. very normal um, I thought that was great, a, a good choice. And I don't know if that's just what the artist does all the time. Okay. Like he was, maybe he was hired because of that style um, or it was intentional for this, the book. I'm not sure. But you do get the dynamic poses whenever they start using their powers flying mm -hmm. away. Yeah. You get more dynamic shots. But then as soon as you start dealing with the normal, um, the normal everyday home life or school life, it goes back to its, its very static yeah. camera movement. So I, I thought it was... a. Yeah, that was really neat. Yeah, it helps add to that feeling of dread too, and it gives it a really a real TV feel. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like this would make a really great TV series, Probably, just the way yeah. that this was presented. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and if you like, can you imagine Paul Bettany having his own TV show as the Vision? Like <laughs> well, that would this be vision, awesome. I don't know. Like th if he was playing this Vision, because in in the Avengers in the MCU, like mm -hmm. he's, I f I feel like he's more understated. Like he's he seems more in control. Um, whereas if I, if I saw him playing this, I don't know, like I, it would be unsettling. You'd get a lot of that uncanny mm -hmm. valley kind of feeling from it. Well, I wonder if they could, um, at some point th in the movies, if they, uh, like grafted someone's brainwaves onto, mm. <laughs> onto vision, then he could go in any direction Yeah, and he could become that character. Yeah. Um, they could, and they could totally do that. I would, uh, I'd, I'd watch a vision TV show <laughs> for I sure. Think so. Yeah. 
I feel like if you could just graft any brainwaves onto him, that would be a huge security breach in terms <laughs> of the Avengers. <laughs> True. It would have to be like Hawkeye or somebody yeah. like that. <laughs> I'd be actually curious to talk to your brother about more background on this because I would think that, like, and I think it's alluded to in the book, but the Avengers must have protested Vision making a bunch of Visions to yeah well (laughs) yeah i mean i guess they've come to trust vision he's been a member of their team for a long time but yeah they um i think they they do allude to that yeah yeah (laughs) because it it, i don't know but we mentioned star trek earlier when data makes his daughter and it's it's one of his daughter's name lol lol that's right yeah um where you know is it it's his right as a sentient being to procreate but it's so is its vision's right as a sentient being to make himself a family and i think that's what he's saying yeah he wants he wants that but then like and, there, and there's a struggle because then those robots procreate and then those robots procreate and then yeah. we have a whole bunch of robots and who knows <laughs> what they're going to do and like you could say the same thing like that's how what that's what um people are saying about the syrian refugees now yeah. it's like they'll just there'll be more and more syrian refugees yeah. and who knows what they're gonna do <laughs> yeah it's uh um, I'm a big fan of Astro Boy. Okay. The comics from the '50s, and they deal with a lot of that stuff too, because he's a sentient robot. Mm-hmm. And the whole, the whole um, comic, like it ran for 40 years or something like that. Um, it it was all, or no, maybe not 40 years, 25 to 30 years, but it was all about robots' rights and how do robots live in society okay. and how do how do um, people. Uh, work work and live and be around robots so what rights do robots have what don't they it, it's uh, that's great for the 50s <laughs> yeah it was great it was totally an allegory for the racism at the mm-hmm. time absolutely and then x-men did the same thing in the 60s and now we're still we're still dealing with these issues yeah um so i wanted to mention tom king okay and you talked about his um dialogue at the beginning how he kind of references the outcome um, I thought that his narration mm-hmm. is brilliant. It's completely a Twilight Zone style narration. Yes. I absolutely loved it. Um, the The whole time, just how he uh, he keeps telling us, um, but what you know, little did so and so know yeah. that this is going to happen in yeah. the future. And this is going to yeah. get worse and worse. Uh, when uh, Viv is replaying the conversation she has with CK over and over again, and then yeah. that's the same moment where CK is getting shot. Like yeah. that's. Uh, it's really good writing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well put together. Yeah, and when she's replaying the moment, um, that moment in her head, he s- the narration says, let's see if I can find it, um, it says something about um, she will replay this this conversation for the rest of her life, even though it is not as long as it should have been or something yeah. like that. So well, it's I, like I think they allude yeah. to her life being short too, like that she's going to meet a pretty tragic No, end. I mean, that's what, oh, that's what okay. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it was last re- 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 referring to her, uh, her life mm-hmm. um the problem with books like this that are so specific is that this storyline will carry on for a couple of volumes and then the writer will move on to something else and then all of these characters will be folded into the regular marvel universe and it'll become either the title will stop or it'll just become another quote-unquote marvel book <laughs> yeah I, well i was flipping through one of my like um reading newsreels and it, it mentioned that uh, she was joining like a young avengers team and it, yeah. it's like but she's gonna die <laughs> yeah yeah but they don't say so, when she's gonna die that's so she true. could die in 20 years who knows well my understanding is the second volume of this is supposed to wrap up this story um okay like quite nicely hopefully nice. i mean i would like to see that happen but okay. it's marvel so they do whatever they do and I, again this is like my first marvel book in a long time mm-hmm. so i 
I would hope to expect, you know, some some tidiness to their storytelling at some point. Yeah. But Where do you think they're going to head with the story? Well, I don't know. I I would like to see. I <laughs> wouldn't like to see, but I would assume that Vision meets a very tragic end with his family, especially when you have um, what the witch lady kind of in the middle of there, Agatha something. Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Um, I had to look her up because I didn't understand who she was all of a sudden. Right. Um, but when she's talking about what's going to happen there, it I think that's that makes sense that that's where the story would go. Um, where she's talking about it's going to be sort of a either you take Vision out or he's going to take all of you out. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that, though, because I'm pretty sure we know that Viv is going to live because she joins another superhero team. Mm-hmm. But um, Virginia, I'm guessing that Virginia is going to die. Mm-hmm. Vin maybe as well. Mm-hmm. But Virginia dying will probably send Vision off the deep end and the other Avengers or somebody will need to be called in yeah. to rein them in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ag- Agatha Harkness is a character who um, pops up every once in a while. And she, uh, she was the nanny for the fantastic four for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it seems weird that they would have a nanny. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, they had kids, yeah. young kids at the time, but, um, and, uh, but she was like powerful enough to protect them when the Fantastic okay. Four were like if someone attacked their building, yeah. she would be able to protect the kids. So, but she's a witch. Yeah, oh, I she, had to read her wiki because I yeah. didn't understand what she was doing there. What was happening? <laughs> it was but, weird. Yeah. yeah, the the whole like <laughs> you need to eat this some um this the special flower will yeah. let you see the future. Yeah, but only if you one person has to eat it first. Then you have to kill that and person. And then you have to kill that person and eat that <laughs> and eat that flower again out of their stomach contents. Yeah. <laughs> in order she to does it with a cat. Yes. Which is revolting. So, so the cat you have to eat the flower out of hunger. Mm-hmm. And so the cat does. Mm-hmm. And then she kills the cat and eats which the cat actually grows to like a Panther, a panther thing, size yeah. or something. <laughs> and then she kills the cat and eats the, the flower yeah. so that she can see the future and she sees Vision's future. Mm-hmm. And so at the very end, she goes to the Avengers. And Scarlet Witch is there. So I think Scarlet Witch will play an important role in the next... You kind of can't have a vision story without Scarlet Witch, it seems. Well, there's that part in the beginning where they're showing George and Martha around the house. And they're talking about this was a gift from the Scarlet Witch. And Virginia goes silent. They don't talk about it. um, Or... They say that it's a gift from the witch, mm, which okay. I think it's because it's the plant, the Wondergore plant that right. Agana- Agatha Harkness is eating later on. I think the witch is Ag- Agatha Harkness. Oh, see, I took that to mean it was from the from the I, Scarlet Witch. I thought so too at first. Of, of what's of uh, Virginia's reaction. Okay, ah, I see. His wife pretty unusually quiet. You're right. It could be. And she resents him for keeping this plant because it's a past yeah. lover. And I think someone's going to okay, go wrong Okay, yeah, actually, too. that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah, and I wonder, yeah, that could come into play. Mm-hmm. They're probably planting some seeds there. So if Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. does get involved, mm-hmm. and Virginia now having killed someone knows that she's capable of that, will that will she try to kill the Scarlet Witch? I don't know. That would be a good <laughs> confrontation, though. I think the next volume, the cover, is vision with the scarlet witch around him oh so, okay yeah, yeah it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow uh, one little easter egg the, the the address of the house that they stay at is 616 which is the designation of that that the regular marvel universe oh, okay um because you know there's multiple marvel right. universes um they all have different numbers mar uh, earth 
616 is the regular Marvel continuity. Okay, <laughs> I thought this was something new that they were doing. Like, I thought this was part of the... Um, Oh, I thought they had like a couple different universes going on at the moment. So. They uh, recently did something to merge them all together, like okay. the Ultimates and everything. Like they, okay. they kind of squashed them all together. So yeah, this is a, uh, and you'd be confused with the Avengers at the end because none of them <laughs> look like the regular Avengers that we know, right? But <laughs> these are all. This is it's um, it's. Well, I'd heard about the thing with Thor and Captain America. Yep. Yeah, and there's two Spider-Men in this picture. There's yep. the Miles Morales Spider-Man, and there's a the regular Spider-Man, and. And, like, the beast looks very different. He's there, and um, Storm, that's what her current hairdo looks like. And like <laughs> so this is what the Marvel Universe looks like right now. It's not a very good drawing of them, I don't think. But I think that helps add to the cartooniness. But yeah. the, the rest of the book, again, it's so well drawn that that oh, last, yeah. well, you know. Because we're not dealing with superheroes. We're not right. dealing with fancy costumes. It's, so they picked the right artist for this, I, mm -hmm. still, I still say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great. Um in future episodes, we're going to be talking about two other books, one called Through the Woods by Emily Carroll. That'll be our next book uh, that we talk about. And then in the episode after that, uh, we're talking about A Girl on a Shore by Inio Asano. Um, and I'll quickly say um, what my picks are going to be for next month. Um, my co-host next month is a friend of mine, Jamie Fong, who uh, I met um, online through... Uh, we both were running cover song um, blogs at the time. <laughs> it was a, it's oh, you a, had that Disney one. Yep, I had yeah. the Disney cover song blog, which I still run every once in a while, but not very, very regularly. But anyway, we met there, and it turns out he was a Vancouverite as well. So we um, we just started um, talking comics because that was a, seemed to be a mutual um, mutual thing between us. So um, he's going to pick a book by Brian K. Vaughn called The Private Eye, which um, I don't really know anything about it other than like it's in a future story where every single person on the planet has a secret identity um, and there's one private eye who's got to unravel some sort of mystery. And then I'm going to be talking about um, a book called uh, This One Summer by Mariko and Jillian Tamaki, kind of a growing up coming of age story. Um, and again, it's a, a, won a lot of awards, and I don't really know anything more about that either, except it's from one of my favorite publishers, which is First Second. So I'll, uh, I trust any of their books because they, they're great. And then our reader poll for the month is Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, another Marvel book um, by Kate Leith and Brittany Williams. Um, again, should be a more offbeat story, a little bit like The Vision. And I'm looking I'd be forward interested to that in too. reading that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's our uh, that's our selection for next month. Tune in to our next episode where we talk about Through the Woods. And um, I usually end the episode by saying, keep reading comics. That's kind of our little um, sign-off. Okay. So I want you to say that this time. Okay. I'll end. You say that, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Keep reading comics. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com. To submit a reader poll, uh, you can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast. And you can follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at arkwulf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can, you can also find all of our other great podcasts over at thunderquack.com 
and uh, uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to Patreon.com/Thunderquack, and uh, and and you can you can pledge your support over there. Every dollar helps. But uh, if you're a Pullbox fan and supporter, then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes of the Pullbox podcast, all three of our books, as one super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash thunderquack and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.